Welcome to the newest episode of the Needless Things Podcast, where we talk about toys, movies, music, and all manner of pop culture dorkery. I am your host, Phantom Troublemaker, and you can also check us out at NeedlessThingsSite.com, where myself and the Needless Things Irregulars provide five days a week worth of original content. No, uh... No pulling things from around the internet and linking them all into an article. This is all well thought out, written stuff about your favorite pop culture topics. All right, so speaking of pop culture topics, The Witch. Today's episode, not about The Witch. Today's episode is about X-Files Season 10. We'll get to that in a minute. I want to talk about The Witch a little bit. My wife and I went and saw it on Monday, and we were both bored to tears by it. Now, I'm not saying... It's a bad movie. All I'm saying is I thought it was really boring. Uh, it was beautifully shot. The actors were all very good. The attention to detail was incredible. Handcrafted houses and costumes and all this crazy stuff. And, and the manner of speaking was amazing, if a bit confusing at times. Uh, but very realistic. However... The characters, uh, clearly one of the messages of the movie uh, was faith or religion make you miserable, which is not a message that I agree with, but it is a popular one today. And they were so intent on showing how miserable these people of faith were that they forgot to make any of them likable or give them any kind of joy that would allow us to identify with them in any way. So they spend 90 minutes just being miserable and relatively horrible to one another. There, there are no light moments to, to kind of draw you in. It's just a slog. And there will be spoilers here. Uh, minor ones. I won't give away the whole thing, but I will tell you that there is a witch. You do see the witch. You just don't see much of the witch. And, and you don't, and I don't need an origin or a backstory. Uh, I actually think it's kind of cool that the witch is just there and we don't know what's going on with her. Uh, the family. We know what's up with them. They get kicked out of their community for being they They get kicked out of their religious community for being too religious, and and of course because they're so religious, their lives are horrible and miserable. But it's just really dull. It's ninety minutes that feels like three hours, and I feel like they should have gone one way or the other. They should have shown the witch and given us a horror movie. And when I say a horror movie, I'm not talking... There, there are a lot of articles online that are belittling people who did not enjoy The Witch. And I don't... You know, I'm not going to talk about those people. If, if you enjoyed it, good for you. That's awesome. I'm glad you found a movie that you dig. I'm not going to say anything negative about you. Uh, but for me, it needed to be one thing or the other. It needed to be a horror movie that had a witch in it and, and showed me... Uh, you know, it had horrific things for sure, but... It just didn't carry it all the way. and Or they could have never shown you the witch and left it a mystery as to whether or not the family was just going bonkers in isolation. I think that would have been much more interesting than what we got, which was kind of middle-of-the-road, wishy-washy. Uh, you know, we, we're calling it a scary movie, scariest movie of the year, people are saying. And it's it's not scary at all. And another thing people are saying is, oh, well, 
People are just so used to movies with gore and jump scares. Well, guess what? This movie has gore and jump scares. Uh, go if if you liked it so much, you should have paid attention enough to see all the musical stings that were were false leads into jump scares. Uh, the biggest jump scare of the movie, uh, which I will not give away here, because if you do want to go see it, I don't want to screw it up for you. But one of the biggest moments in the whole movie is a jump scare. And, and the, it could be argued that the entire movie is built towards that moment and being a jump scare. So, you know, I didn't dig it. I won't ever need to see it again. Uh, my question for the people that did enjoy it is honestly, and you don't have to answer me on this, although you certainly are welcome to send an email to phantomtroublemaker at gmail.com or to join the Needless Things podcast Facebook group and let us know what you think there. Uh, but honestly, people who enjoyed The Witch, how many times do you think you're going to watch that thing in the next 10 years, for real? Just honestly, think about it. How much do you want to see it again and again? Because to me, that's a great movie. Is one that you want to watch. I, it follows. I bought it follows. I've watched it several times. The Babadook. Which are the, I bring these up because these are the two movies that The Witch is being unfairly compared to. Uh, the Babadook I've watched several times. We bought it. The second we were done watching it, I ordered it from Amazon. Uh, it follows. I don't think it was available because we watched it on demand as soon as it was on there. And I think it, I had to wait a while, but, uh, we, we have both of those movies and I've watched them several times and I love them. Uh, every, every time I watch them, there's something new to appreciate. I don't see the witch bringing that. Uh, and, and again, that's not to say it's bad. It's beautifully crafted. It's gorgeous to look at. Well, it's dismal to look at, but that was in, that was the intent. The filmmaker, and that's the thing, they didn't go astray. I feel like the filmmaker accomplished exactly what they wanted to accomplish, and that in and of itself is admirable. So good for them. You know, I'm not, I'm not trying to demean this movie. I'm just saying I didn't dig it. And for people that did dig it, chill out. Not everybody has to like everything, and not everybody is lesser than you if they don't dig the things that you like. So just cool off on that, people. Right? Right. Okay, so moving on, other pop culture news, other toy news. Uh, Joe Lanta, March 12th and 13th. Uh, also the 11th, if you, are, if you have one of the special packages that they offer. Joe Lanta and the Great Atlanta Toy Convention coming up right around the corner. Next week on the show, Martin Jalad, one of the guys behind the convention. We have a great conversation about toys, about the convention, about what to expect there. Uh, he's a really fun, nice guy. I love talking to him. So that's a good time. Look forward to that next week. Joe Lanta, I've got a panel on the 13th at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. So if you're going to be at Joe Lanta, be sure you're there on Sunday at 2 o'clock to come check out the newest installment of the Toy Stories panel, which is something that Needless Things sponsors at various cons. And I get together uh, guests and pals, and we each bring a toy and share a special story or memory about that toy, whether it's something from our childhood or something that we've had to hunt down lately or whatever the case may be, something with some sentiment attached, something with a story. And we encourage audience members to bring their own toys, and you guys will get to share as well. So definitely check that out. We'll be recording it for an episode of the Needless Things podcast. And I, I, if you're in the Southeast or if you have the ability to get to the Southeast, March 12th and 13th, uh, get to the Marriott Century Center and check out Joe Lanta and the Great Atlanta Toy Convention. You can go to joelanta.org and find out more about the show. 
it's fantastic. I mean, going to a toy convention, and it's not just G.I. Joe's. It's everything, and they're bigger than ever this year. They have so many dealers, they had to open up another ballroom in the hotel. So this thing is huge. It's going to be a great time. I'm super stoked about it. it it's one of the few conventions that I go out of my way to make sure I'm going to be part of. So check it out. It's a great time. And now it's time for the show. So we're going to be talking about X-Files Season 10. If you don't know, X-Files came back for a six-episode mini-season. It picks up where the last... Well, I guess technically where the movies left off. I never saw the second movie, but we'll, we'll get into all this in the bulk of the episode. The point is they came back for six episodes, and I got to talk to some of the irregulars about what was up, because I'm still trying to wrap my brain around some of it. I'm still trying to decide if some of it was good, if some of it was bad. I don't know. I had to talk to people about this thing. The season finale aired Monday night, and as soon as, as soon as it was over, I got on the horn with two of our best, Mike Gordon and Beth, and I was like, guys, we got to talk about this thing. So now it's time to talk about this thing. For, uh, before we do, here are the Mystery Men. <laughs> time to talk about X-Files season 10. I have brought together the people that I think are most qualified amongst our regular commentators. And first of all, let me welcome Beth. Welcome back to the show. Well, thank you. I, I feel like I'm the Chris Jericho to your VH1 TV show. I always answer when you call. You are. If only we could have... Uh, your head superimposed over the podcast the whole time <laughs> with an extremely silly haircut. Uh, and also we have uh, from New Legend Productions and the ESO Network, Mr. Mike Gordon. Welcome back. Howdy. Good to be back. And uh, I'm always happy to talk about uh, X-Files. So. And, and you, uh, we, we got off of your monthly schedule there. Yes, we did. <laughs> we did. I was like, what did I do? <laughs> Well, you're you're back, and I, I think if if everything goes right, uh, you may be on more than you care to be over the next couple of months because I, I sent you those couple of topics that I want to get to sooner than later. So that's impossible for one thing. I, I may be on more than anybody else wants me to be on, but I will never be on more than I want to be on. Well, tonight. Uh, you guys are the ones that I wanted to talk to about the X-Files, partially because I know both of you are bigger fans of the X-Files than I am. Uh, I, I love the concept of the show, but it was on at a time in my life where I was actually out a whole lot between working at the Masquerade or just whatever. I just wasn't home a lot. So I didn't have the opportunity to catch it, and I don't think at that point I was in the habit of setting the VCR to record anything. So I caught it when it was on and enjoyed it every time I saw it, but I just, at that time, I didn't have destination television, really. Way, to, I, make, way to make yourself sound cooler than everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> no, believe me. It He's was, like, I had a life. No, it was... You guys weren't doing anything. <laughs> it was anything but cool, believe me. 
uh, working, working in a nightclub for minimum wage is not cool. Uh, and then by the time I did have a little more time, I had managed to settle down a little bit more. We had Robert Patrick on the show and mm. I saw a little bit of that and it didn't do much for me. So I kind of missed the boat a little bit, but I've been trying to catch up lately on Netflix. Thankfully, all the seasons are on there. I've gone back and watched a lot of stuff that I haven't seen. And I was excited for this new season because I'm always excited to see something revisited. I, I am one that is a fan of, you know, later year continuations, reboots, remakes, whatever, new interpretations. I like that kind of stuff. I like seeing what new people do with old stuff. Uh, and I really like it when years later, like with X-Files or like with Ash versus the Evil Dead, people are brought back for the same roles. That's always interesting to see, you know, cause they've, it's been a long time since they've been playing these characters regularly. Now you guys, not only have you experienced more X-Files, Mike, you said that you enjoyed both of the movies. When, tell me a little bit about the last movie. The the last uh, X Files movie? Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to believe. I think is the what it's called. And when, um, when was it? It was like what six six or eight years ago or something. Yes, yeah. And I, honestly, I think we all thought that was the last we were going to see. <laughs> it did not do well. Them. No, it did. It's not very much acclaimed uh, at all. Um, yeah, it came out in two thousand eight, and. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. I was kind of uh, glad to get away from uh, the alien conspiracy stuff for a while. So I was kind of glad that they didn't. They didn't. The next movie wasn't about that because um, they, quite frankly, they'd gotten. Uh, look, I love the X Files, but you know it's it's taken some wrong turns in, in its history. Well, any show that goes on for nine years is going to end up kind of up its own ass at some point. I do think that, yes, I do think there was a period where they, they kind of said, looked around and said, oh man, this is a lot, we're, you know, a lot. And they were in a position where, Chris was in a position where Fox was like, look, this is making us money. We're going to go on without, with or without you. So right. Chris stayed, but Chris was like, I don't really know what to do. Um, and it got a little messy there. Well, it was um, the point, what, Duchovny actually, cause many people may not know this. I didn't know it until recently. Duchovny is actually a brilliant guy. He is one thesis shy of a PhD. He's really smart, and he realized at some point that Fox was screwing over the cast and creators of the X-Files and filed a lawsuit against Fox, which he won. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think he he was mainly concerned with his own revenue, but... Well, but it benefited I I, everyone. It did. It benefited it did. everybody. Yeah, absolutely. And he did. I think there was something similar uh, with the uh, this revival as well. Uh, uh, Fox uh, gave David a lot of money, and they kind of shortchanged uh, Jillian a bit. And I think that was rectified as well. Oh wow! Rectified. I mean, rectified uh, by whom, though? Was it? I think it was saying, "Hey, what's going on?" Or? It didn't. It didn't get to the point of a lawsuit, but because David had that history, they kind of knew, "Let's not mess with him." <laughs> right. You know, I right. Mean, <laughs> you know. So, so I think you know that set a precedent uh, for David not only helping himself and the rest of the crew uh, the first time around, but also in the future. Like, yeah, don't mess with him. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> and you're right. It's because he is really smart, and he's got like, I think, out of most working actors he's got one of the driest sense of humor you'll ever find yes 
So the second movie, the first movie I saw in the theater, uh, I, I honestly didn't totally understand it, but I enjoyed it well enough. I, I, I really enjoy, regardless of what's going on, I enjoy watching Duchovny and Anderson. I like their chemistry. I like watching them interact. So there is a certain element of, well, the background stuff doesn't matter as much because they're so great. But what, what about, Beth, what did you think of the, the second movie? Um, I also liked that the second movie dropped some of the conspiracy crap because it got a, well, it got a lot heavy-handed, not just a little, towards the end of the series. Um, it, it just didn't have that same feeling, even though it dropped the conspiracy stuff. It didn't have the charm and the the engaging feeling of their Monster of the Week stuff. Because pretty much the series was either conspiracy stuff or it was Monster of the Week stuff. And the the movie just, the second movie, just didn't have kind of either one of those. Yeah, it it's terrible. This, it's, yeah, it's this really creepy conspiracy, um, borderline... Um, uh, really hard R like stuff. I mean, they're talking about like, you know, mutations and sewing people together and it, stuff that I don't know if they would have ever done that on TV. So they were kind of maybe trying to, to push the boundaries a little bit and maybe be something a little bit different. A little bit, but then you've got, you've got sort of two storylines too. You've got that mystery that, you know, Fox is trying to solve as well, but then you've got, uh, Dana trying to solve their own mystery of her own, a medical mystery, which is very similar to the way that the, the, this revival ended as well, where she's really, you, sh- you get to see her, uh, medical skills at work, so to speak. And, uh, I'm not sure that story is as satisfying, uh, as I would like to be. It sort of ends in a weird place, uh, but it kind of shows that they're, and the movie ends re- weird too, cause it, it sort of, uh, during the credits, you kind of see them like almost like on a boat going to a, like some sort of deserted island at the end, like going, oh, they're just going to live in paradise for the rest of their days, I guess. Uh, so it's very, very strange. But um, I, I don't know. I, I, I enjoyed it. Maybe they were going to the Lost Island. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, no. <laughs> so the second – I wasn't really too concerned with – how this series brought them back. And I think you kind of couldn't be because we've already at this point had several kind of restarts for Mulder and Scully, I think. So it was just a matter of, okay, let's get them back and get them together. And I think they did that successfully. That first episode was a a mile, several miles a minute, very fast paced. I felt it was extremely, 90s dialogue, lots of exposition, but to me it worked and I, I thoroughly enjoyed it because it felt like it had the tone. It felt like the same tone, but somebody playing like a, a 33 on 78. Um, are we talking about the, so the first episode of the revival, my yes. struggle? Yes. The, um, I think. The thing that surprised me the most is that they didn't make any updates at all. I mean, it's been, you know, over a decade and yet the, the, you know, the theme music, the, the credit sequence is the same. Uh, the way that they, the, the pacing 
is the same. The dialogue's the same. The shot structure is the same. It's, it's, it's not like, I mean, if you watch the nine seasons and you go right into this, it's, it's as comfortable as anything. Yes. Because you don't feel like, I mean, those, both those movies on the big screen, you know, open up the world a little bit. They're shot a little differently. Chris, as the director, tries to do some film things, you know, stylistically. But then we get, you know, this t- when it's back on TV, it's like it's the same format exactly. Yeah, everything is up close. People are standing there talking very close to each other. Um, it, it was stylistically, it was the same. And I realized that it's <laughs> it's so long. It's been so long ago that it almost felt dated, but yet I felt it it was comfortable. Yes. And, uh, you know, as, as it progressed, I feel like it evolved from there. So I, I think that was an intentional way to start. Beth, what were you expecting from this? Or, or did you even know to expect that? Like, uh, did you have expectations out of this first episode? Um, it, it was weird because after the last movie, I wasn't expecting a lot. But then after waiting so long between series or seasons... Um, I, I kind of hoped it would be better than what I got out of the second movie. Um, and it, it did give me what I wanted. I thought it was a weird setup, the way you get all of the exposition you expect in the first episode, you get it in the last episode. So they don't really go into a whole lot of, here's, here's who these characters are, here's who they were, and here's where they've been, and here's where they're coming from. But they do that before the last episode, which I thought was a little odd. But I did like that they just kind of assumed that everybody knows where we've been and they kind of know what to expect. Well, and we'll we'll definitely have to, ju- I, you know, we'll progress through the episodes as best we can, but we'll definitely have to jump around a little bit because in that first episode, Mulder lays down... Or not, uh, not Mulder. A, a whole new thing gets laid down, uh, between Mulder and this new, uh, new Deep Throat, this replacement for Deep Throat. I can't remember what they called him. Yeah, the, um. The old guy. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The old called? guy. The old guy. Uh, new old, new old guy. So we get this whole new, more modern version of the conspiracy that is intriguing. Oh, they've got a new way of doing things. It's all about information technology and, and drones and, you know, things that we are currently very conscious of, things that are seeming threats to society or whatever that the X-Files own particular brand of paranoid weirdness can turn into some great narratives. So we established in the first episode, okay, cool. They're off on a new hunt, essentially. But then over the course of the six episodes, that really isn't brought up again there's a there's a big there's a big like sort of stumbling gap between episode one and two um, oh yeah because you know episode one is all about this conspiracy and you know and and it and it's just in a in this frantic like dump of information yes and and you know, it ends with uh, this woman seemingly like, you know, their witness being blown up in a car and, and all that. And it's in these new vehicles. We see these special effects that we've never seen on X-Files before, this actual alien crash. Um, it, it's amazing. And then we go, like, in the next episode, the the X-Files have been reopened. And I'm kind of like, 
why? <laughs> right? Like, why did that happen? <laughs> yeah, and 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 it's and it's never yeah, it's never really explained, and that I did think that was really sloppy. Well, it felt very much to me. Most of these episodes you could have taken and just inserted anywhere in the series. They didn't necessarily have modern relevance. Now, the ones with Joel McHale uh, and his new character, obviously, uh, you know, that that sort of strung along a story. But it almost felt like six episodes pulled out of a full season or maybe a 13-episode season. I feel like we didn't have as much context as we needed. And it was very odd because they were tonally very, very different I'm, and uh, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about the third episode since the, uh, aside, aside from the fact that my struggle was first and my struggle two was last, everything else kind of gets thrown in there. Uh, Mulder and Scully meet the were monster. Uh, this was my favorite episode. Well, it was fantastic and absolutely hilarious and I've enjoyed, I enjoyed watching it. I've watched that one three times. The others I, I think I just watched the other ones once. I've enjoyed it as much as I've enjoyed watching The Flash or anything else this year. But am I right in saying that it was very different? Like, X-Files hasn't done straight comedy like that before, have they? Absolutely. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. This is, they've done episodes like this before. And they are always met with, uh, uh, I mean, they're classics. Um, this, this totally reminded me of Bad Blood. Bad Blood is one is definitely one. Um, ah, I'm trying to think, I'm blanking on the other one. It'll come to me, but uh, yeah, Bad Blood is is definitely one that's exactly the same tone. And I think there most of these are written by. Well, when I think it was really important in the revival, not only to get the cast back together, not only to get Chris involved, but to get most of the original or a lot of the original writers. Uh, that, uh, helped the X-Files become, you know, as good as it was. Uh, and Darren Morgan and Glenn Wong, uh, Wong were like two of the main forces, creative forces behind, uh, some of the more interesting elements of the X-Files. And it was really important to get those two guys back. And, uh, and yeah, they, the, the X-Files could be quite silly at times. And, that, okay. Uh, that's, yeah, I, I knew, I mean, obviously there was, there was always a certain amount of, humor or often a certain amount of humor but i didn't know they'd done straight comedy before because that that episode is it feels like a whole different show or at least it did to me watching it yeah there's a couple of others that kind of do that too and you set certainly more in the later years uh the one i can't remember the name of it the one with share oh uh, yes i know which one you're talking about the uh the the guy who looks like uh the elephant man, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then also, um, How the Ghost Stole Christmas, uh, that had, that featured, um, Ed Asner and Lily Tomlin in it. Oh, yeah, that was a good one. Um, you also had, uh, there was another one that kind of had a, uh, the, the psych, the one that involved the psychic. See, I'm drawing well, a blank. I'm not now. ringing a bell off the top of my head. Yeah, that one was, um, ah. Uh, Going through the name of it, and I can't think of the name. I can't think of it, but it, yeah, it had to do with this uh, uh, a phony psychic, um, and he was coming around like he was investigating the cases along with uh, Mueller and Scully, and kind of guessing them at some points, and and it was uh, hilarious. 
So uh, and Jose Chung's from Outer Space. That one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Cool. I, I just watched that one a couple weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, but my, my bottom line is that they, yeah. I mean, the X Files got to a point where they they could do a variety of things. There was the conspiracy episodes. There was the, you know, conspiracy slash alien ones. There was the, you know, the ones that sort of reminded you more of a political thriller. There was uh, the monster of the week. There were some silly ones. Uh, you know, there was some that, that involved, uh, Dana's, uh, religious beliefs. Uh, some of those, there wasn't a lot of those, but every once in a while, Chris liked to dive into those. And, uh, um, so spiritual ones. So they, they really did kind of sort of play around with a lot of different aspects. So this one, everybody seemed to love this episode. Uh, Rice Darby, Rice, Reese, Reese, Reese. Rice, Reese Darby. I would guess Reese, but well, dressed as Kolchak, essentially. Yes. <laughs> uh, running around being absolutely hilarious. I love the reveal, how they turned everything on its head. Uh, and, and it was, I liked Mulder having this crisis of belief and how the episode starts with him being very skeptical and, and explaining things away in the same manner that, uh, Scully used to do in, you know, in the beginning of the show. Uh, cause I, I think she got somewhat more accepting as the show went on. She was always the skeptic, but you know, in the, in the first season, which is what I'm caught up to now. Well, now I'm halfway through the second season, but anyway, she's, she's very dismissive. She always has a good explanation for, for whatever's going on. Uh, she's the science mind, and to see Mulder pulling that role was a lot of fun. And then to have that kind of sweet moment at the end where he gets his, his belief back to a certain extent was just, you know, not only was it a hilarious episode, but it it felt like a refreshing of the mythology a little bit. And, and a, an example where... They haven't entirely changed 180, but the roles have changed since that first season. Mulder is now more skeptical, and Scully is more of a believer in these six episodes. Yes, um, and I thought that was very interesting turn of events. And 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 it's still you know after after the end of the regular season, and then the movies. Um, I think you can kind of see understand why he's become that way. So, Founder's Mutation was the second episode. We'll we'll move back to that now. And it's interesting. I'm sitting here looking at the list, <laughs> and the episodes were written and directed by, like, each episode had the same writer and director, which yeah. is somewhat unusual. But Founder's Mutation was, I, I thought it was a pretty good follow-up to the initial one, even though... I felt like they were trying to get in as many slices of what the X-Files is like. It was almost like a demo reel of the X-Files rather than them worrying so much about continuing this story. But I I dug this one. It, it, if this one hadn't worked, it would have been tough for me to get excited about the rest of them. And I think it made a good second episode. How did you guys feel about it? I, I liked it. I didn't love it. I liked it. It was a little bit Monster of the Week and a little less... I mean, there was conspiracy, but it wasn't the over overreaching, everybody in the whole world's an alien kind of conspiracy that they were doing towards the end there. Um, overall, I liked it. it. 
still number three stands out as, as the best one, but after coming out of the first one, I enjoyed that they took a little bit of a turn in the tone and a, a little bit of a turn away from the huge conspiracy. Well, I liked that they had it. it what well, you're right. It was a conspiracy, but it was on a smaller level. It was a more localized type of thing. I thought the hearing thing was a little weird. And I guess when you've done nine seasons of paranormal weird shit, <laughs> you, you sort of have to get <laughs> thoughtful about it. But uh, at the same time, I know people that suffer from tinnitus. And, I, you know, I personally never have, but it's one of those weird, paranoid, like, oh, that would be awful, I'd never want that, things. So seeing these people affected by this horrible noise in their heads uh, definitely freaked me out. It was like, I felt it like it was an odd choice as the mutant power or whatever, but it was effective because it's one of those things that's just close enough to an actual condition that it was pretty freaky. Plus you have that sort of, you know, tour through the hospital, which is just unnerving. Right. That Well, yeah. not, not only because it's so horrifying, but also because, well, look at how much more is going on here. Are yes. we, are we setting up future possibilities? And I always like the sibling thing. I, the, the moment where they reconnect was very powerful, especially with Mulder and Scully, you know, running, running down the hall and then getting blown away. <laughs> yes. But it was a very, it was like, uh, they, they got an action moment in cause there's, uh, it's always nice to see them kind of in action. And I was, I was disappointed actually in the, the third episode that we didn't get to see Scully take down, uh, the actual culprit. Although I think that was part of the humor. Because they left it like, uh oh, Scully's going to be in trouble. And then when Mulder shows up, she's fine. She's got the guy under control. I think this one also, too, after the frantic pace of the first episode, this one to me uh, was like, oh, I'm, this is, like, I, I realized about halfway through, I'm like, this is really comfortable. This is like a episode from season, you know, three or four. Um, just a Just a regular episode. It's not like spectacular. It's got a creep factor to it. Um, it's got some issues that are making you think. Um, Scully and Mulder are in, in danger, definite danger. They're kind of running around trying to figure this out, which is kind of what they, what they spend a lot of time doing. And, and, um, when they were in that scene where they're kind of just thrown around the, the hall, I, I remembered feeling kind of the same way that I did in, during the original series where there are moments where you know that they're the main characters, but they're the, there are moments where you're thinking, wow, they, they could die here. Like, this is dangerous stuff they're playing with. Right. This kid, has, you know, even though we know they're the main character, this kid has no regard for them. He Absolutely. Has, he has his own agenda. He's not going to let anything stop him. And they manage to create that peril that you get caught up in. Yeah, well, and if we, if we think we only have six episodes, you don't know. Somebody could die. That's true. Right. For all we know, everybody involved shot the six episodes and were like, this shit isn't working. So <laughs> let's go Write out me in... me out of it. Right. Let's <laughs> go out in grand fashion. I, I can remember seeing an episode early on. Um, uh, I think it was maybe season later, season one or two, where they had to do with um, bugs in the woods. Stop. That's remember... enough. I don't need to hear any more. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the episode ends, or towards the end of the episode, the bugs are in the car, and and you just see 
the back of the car and they're all like just flailing around trying to weigh these bugs off. And you know that the bugs are deadly. And it's, it's an image that has stayed with me my entire life because it's just so creepy because it's just bugs. I mean, it's just like mosquitoes, you know, right? And, and it's so simple, but it's so effective. And, and I thought the same way. I mean, I've seen, you know, I watched Flash Arrow. I see people get thrown around rooms all, all, you know, hallways all the time. But in this environment, it just felt more real and more, more dangerous. Well, and that is the difference is that, you know, Mulder and Scully are, you know, great, but they're not superheroes. They're not super strong. They're not super invulnerable. They're, they're not, they're just people. Yeah, They're, they you know horrible shit happens to them as as we have seen as we will see in yeah. the next <laughs> yeah. So also you can also see you know we haven't talked about it much but in the, the first second and third I mean throughout the whole really the whole um, six episodes there's this big undercurrent theme it's not really even undercurrent there's this big theme of of the two of them and and their son yes and and. And how they, you know, if they're, how they feel about, you know, giving them up and they're regretting that. Well, and that is the one through line for the season, their relationship, their past. And, and I really actually was shocked with that the sun didn't end up being a bigger thing. I really thought, you know, from the first episode and particularly in, in Babylon, I thought that was going to be kind of the the end of of the season because as far as as far as we know this is it if there are more it would be a season 11 in the same format there there was cuz typically if something gets a shot we know before it's done airing oh they signed on for more episodes they cuz uh like i zombie uh the second season right I think by the third episode, they had extended it from 13 to 19 episodes. Uh, you know, typically, you know, before the last episode has aired, whether or not you're getting more from that season. And truth be known, I don't know if Fox ever really thought that they would do anything more than these six. I mean, right. the reason that they, they, they commissioned them to begin with is just because they knew they were going to make a lot of money with Netflix. Um, they had had a, uh, a very good success with 24. Uh, they, um, they made a deal with Netflix to, that Netflix would exclusively have the rights to show 24. And that makes Fox a lot of money when they're, when someone's willing to pay for the exclusive. Now, Netflix was only willing to do this if there was something, if there was a relevant reason for people to watch 24. So, Fox, said, well, we're going to make a new 24 with Jack Bauer. It's going to be incredible. It's going to be, we're not going to pay for a full season. We'll do 12 episodes. It'll be a half day. And uh, and that'll run, and that'll get people interested in the franchise, so they'll be clamoring to go to Netflix because that's the only place they can see it. Right, and right. Netflix was like, all right. So, But here's what happened. It worked in Netflix's favor. And it worked in Fox's favor because they got a lot of money for it, except Fox the Channel didn't do well because that is the worst rated season of X of 24 ever. So they said, well, we'd like to do this again. What other franchise do we have that people would care about that we can do this with? And X-Files was right on the top. And they said, well, you don't want to commit to 12. 
Right. Because we really ate a lot of money network wise on that. We made a lot of money home video or, you know, whatever that branch whatever of the hell is. Yeah. Yeah. But as far as, you know, uh, my, the channel, we don't want to dip too much in the ratings because we have no idea how this is going to go. So, um, you know, so they got the gang back together. And I think the, the, the instruction was we want it to be as close to what was on before as possible. And, and, and I don't know if they had any other notes other than that, but I think, um, so that's why it's back. It's not back because Chris had a great idea. Hey, I want to do this. It wasn't back because my fans, Mike, clearly, and, and I enjoyed it. But clearly, it was not back because Chris had a great idea. <laughs> yeah, it was. It wasn't. It wasn't back because the fans started a Kickstarter. Right. Um, it wasn't back because of any other reason than Fox wanted to make money. I mean, in some ways, and I and I hate to use this term because I've seen it, you know, mentioned particularly about this X Files uh, from people who really didn't care for uh, some of the episodes. Uh, is that it was a cash grab? Now. That may be true on Fox's part. It, in fact, it is true on Fox's part. I'll just say that. I mean, Fox doesn't do anything without wanting to make money off of well, it. Well, no, no, no television network does, though. Right. Like, no, no movie studio, no television network, no comic book publisher. Like, it's, if <laughs> you're, you're here, if, you're right. You're here to make money. Yeah. Um, podcasting money. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> so, but um i do think that you know that said i think all the parties involved were interested in more than it just you know making money sure. like i don't think i don't think chris said you know what i'm not in it but man i can't it's not like the eagles you know i don't going out on tour again going we don't like each other but we can't turn down this money yeah, I, I don't think the parties involved, uh, I, I don't think Duchovny or Anderson or Carter would have come back just if they just didn't give a shit and just wanted the money. Right. Because, I, because certainly because in, none in the, of them need it. Well, and in the years, you know, between David and Jillian have been really candid with almost any interview that I've said is like, all they have to do is call. Right. And I will. I would love to do it again. Well, that's the thing to remember is they did two movies. Yes. I mean, they they weren't, you know, as much as to a certain extent it feels like it's been, you know, 14 years since the show was on, but it hasn't. They did two movies in the interim. They've always been, you know, they've, they've never talked poorly about the show. They've both had great success in between. So, I mean, it's, this was on their terms and they were glad to do it, obviously. Yeah. And everybody else returning, like I said, the, the, the Morgan and Wong came back and, and that they, you know, some of the other, uh, uh, behind the scenes people came back and crew as well. I, unfortunately, some people were not available. I think it would have been great to have Vince Gilligan, uh, be part of it. I know he wanted to, but, you know, his, his post breaking bad schedule is just too insane to to even consider you know coming well, back well we'll we'll be doing the uh the Saul cast <laughs> in, a, in a few weeks here cuz man the first first two episodes of the second season of that are fantastic but anyway yes, uh sorry sorry i went off on the tangent no no that's fine cuz it was good information it was stuff i i certainly didn't know so uh, 
to to touch back on the on my struggle the first episode we do have to talk a little bit about Joel, Joel McHale who I have never seen in any kind of serious act. role. Well, he's I yeah, mean I didn't know he could act. Right. He's always just kind of him. Even on community, he's still him. You know he's that guy. Right. But <laughs> here he got to play and it was really interesting the tack that they took with his character because uh most television is fairly simple when it's playing a stereotypical character. And my assumption was, okay, he's going to be some idiot, blowhard, conservative, like, mix of, of Rush Limbaugh and, uh, what's his, what's crazy conspiracy guy, uh, Bell? Uh, shit, I can't remember his first name. But what, you know, a mix of a, an ultra right wing guy and one of the conspiracy guys. And that's all we're going to get out of him. And he's not going to be sympathetic and he's going to be using, uh, Mulder and Scully to his own ends. He's going to be very mercenary and not relatable. But they actually gave his character a little more depth than that. He, he was not completely insane. He, he was very earnest in what he was doing. I, I was just impressed that he wasn't this, we're gonna hate this, this self-serving conservative jackass. He was more than that. And, and especially since, you know, uh, and I don't think it's any secret that Chris is, is very liberal. Yes. Um, and a, a chance for him to mock Fox News type format on their own network, I think he would just enjoy the heck out of. But yet, he doesn't. I mean, no, he, no, I was this, shocked. Yeah, because at first I was with you. I'm like, oh, this is going to be kind of this, like, you know, satire of a of Rush Limbaugh or and, something like and that. Look, right? That stuff is hilarious. I laugh at parodies of of Glenn Beck and Bill O'Reilly. That that shit is funny because those guys are such easy targets, and I think that's why he didn't do it that way is because it's just too easy. Yeah, and the fact that this guy was able to, in some ways, you know, uh, make a lot more headway than Fox did in his entire career at the X Files with what was going on. Yes. Yes, absolutely. He well, and that's the thing. That was another one of the the more modern themes. I think was that media is power now. The guy had a ship. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I'm like, this can't be real. Like, I'm like, this is going to turn out to be some hoax, you know? And right, and, and something like this, this ship can't exist. But yet, for all we know, I mean, it, there's nothing to dispute the fact that it, it it was what it was. Well, and again, it's very modern in that, with how the media is now, with the power the media has now. I would believe that Bill O'Reilly has a spaceship before I would believe that the U.S. government does. <laughs> I mean, how else is he going to get back to his home planet? Hey! hey. hey. Um, so, Beth, how did you feel about the character, Beth? I, I can't remember his name because I'm a jackass who doesn't do any research. Uh, uh, Pat O'Malley. Thank you. <laughs> I just rewatched the last episode that he was in. So. Oh, well done. Um, thanks. Um, and it wasn't out of research. It was out of, I just watched it. Um, I really liked it. I, I can't even imagine how excited he was to get a real part and a real chance to do some acting. 
because, again, we've never seen that from him before. Uh, I liked how they, they threw in the... He's completely out of touch with everything Mulder has done up to this point because Mulder is so out of touch with the modern world and doesn't understand the Internet and, and how everything has been explained away until later episodes. But I, I thought he was a great character, and I, I still think he was a little mani- manipulative. I don't feel like he was as earnest as he portrayed himself or oh, sure, wanted sure. himself to be seen. Uh, but I thought he was a great character, and almost at the beginning, you, you get the feeling like, okay, well, if they go forward with this, and, and David Duchovny and Gillian Anderson aren't on board, are they trying to set him up to kind of come in in some new way to be a part of whatever new thing they decide to do? Well, that's almost what I was expecting, is that he might be, but before the season started, uh, I was kind of thinking, like, is he going to step in and be... You know, maybe uh, not a replacement, but kind of like Robert Patrick was initially. But he's not. He's very clearly a backer type guy, like uh, almost the new Skinner, except Skinner is still on the show. <laughs> uh, and, and that's that's one thing that was really weird to me was that they took such great pains to introduce his character, but then, like Mike said, then they turned right around and reopened the X Files. It was really odd because I thought we were going to get a fresh new thing where Mulder and Scully were kind of going rogue a little bit uh, and working for this guy, and they're just FBI again, which I understand, I guess, you kind of need them to have that jurisdiction and that access to weird shit because one of the prem- you know, the original premise of the show was utterly ridiculous. Why is the FBI investigating? these silly things but when you you just you let that go and you move on and you're like okay fine they get assigned a case about the reptile boy or whatever uh and and you know it does go back to him being spooky Mulder and them trying to keep him busy and then as the seasons go on uh unless i'm incorrect as the seasons go on he gets further and further in and i was there's some ambiguity about it as to whether he's actually discovering more of the truth or being sent on a wilder and wilder goose chase. But it, but in this day of budget cuts and streamlining, I, I kind of wanted a little more explanation as to how they just were automatically given carte blanche again to go off and do whatever they wanted. Well, that's why I thought Joel McHale's character was so smart is because it gave them an out from having to have that government association. Right. Right. But they, they didn't take that route, which was kind of weird. There was, but there was a lot of weird inconsistency. And, and again, I want to be clear. Uh, for the most part, I enjoyed this. Let's move on though to something that I didn't enjoy. Uh, and it was, I got to tell you, uh, episode three, Mulder and Scully meet the Were Monster was fantastic. Like I said, one of the best things I've seen on TV this year. The next episode, Home Again, I just, couldn't enjoy and if it hadn't come after such a fantastic episode i think maybe it wouldn't have seemed like such a drag but it i just couldn't get into that one it it was it just felt like we we had peaked and then we hit a valley 
We we were up and hilarious and fun and then just down and miserable. What, how did you guys feel about well, that transition? There's, there's nothing like some Scully family drama to bring Mulder and Scully closer together. And I, ah. I felt like that's what they were trying to do was show more of their a little bit more of their relationship, but in a weird way they went about it. Uh, it, it wasn't a great way to go about it. And it was kind of, well, it was a lot of a downer. And I mean, it, it really was. It was so heavy compared to what we had just seen. I think, I, I, go ahead, Ben, sorry. Oh, sorry. Um, I don't know if they, they planned them out in that fashion or if maybe they didn't realize just how good the third season or the third episode was. I, I don't know if they, they made a misstep or, or put it in the wrong place. I, I don't know. It just felt very out of place to go that funny and then that dark. Well, and it wasn't, it wasn't a bad story by any means, but it was just, it was very, it was, it it was very paced and very deliberate. Uh, and it was super heavy on the social consciousness, which is something that, you know, the X-Files and any other TV show you watch now does. And that's fine. I think it's a great way to get messages out there. Uh, and actually I'm sitting here looking at, the Wikipedia entry, and I finally realized why the trash man seemed so silly to me. It's because he was played by Tim Armstrong from Rancid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I saw his name in the opening credits. I just didn't realize where he was in there. I, I didn't catch it, but I was like, why does this guy sound like he's short a chromosome? And I realize <laughs> now it's because it's it's Tim Armstrong. And, you know... <laughs> I like and he is short of chromosome. I well, yes, I like Rancid just fine, but boy, is that guy's way of speaking and singing very, very silly. Uh, it had some good moments though. It had some really cool stuff when they're wheeling the painting into the warehouse. Uh, the way that, and I still don't quite. I guess it, it was sort of a golem thing, right? Like, yeah. The yeah. art had been yeah. imbued with with uh, spirit of of this guy's sort of wrongfully placed rage, and I I dug that that was a classic horror movie scene when they're wheeling the painting in and the one guy gets taken out and the other guy's like oh shit what happened, uh, and then when you finally get to the end and it is a literal clay golem, uh, it was a cool story but just it was so different from the last one. I, I think maybe it could have fallen somewhere else in the season. Well, I mean, with six, you don't have much. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, that's, a, yeah. that's so, a good point. So you don't have, you can't just, you can't just pad it out. So, yeah. <laughs> um, I, and I know I do. Yeah. I understand that, you know, from one week to another, you're going from, uh, you know, um, just down and out silliness slapstick almost to this real intense. Not only do you have a, I thought it was a really good monster, uh, a really good Gollum story, but also just the the heaviness of of Dana and her mother. And I mean, there's scenes in there that are, to me, some of the most powerful ones that X Files has ever done. Uh, the scene where you know she's with her mother and she sees them cart out the other the body, and then uh, later on when you know they go to collect her own mother, she just freaks out. Yeah, she fl- that was powerful. And here here was my here was one of my issues. Uh, and it's my not an issue. It's one of my, I guess, disconnects is I don't have that backstory 
So to me, it felt like, you know, I, I wasn't aware and my wife had to explain this to me that there, there was a previous story with, with Dana and her mother and that that was a big, that was a huge deal. To me, it felt like all of a sudden her mother's sick and dying and then her brother, what is this deal with her brother? What is, and apparently all of this was pre-existing stuff. From, and there's an there's an amazing episode with her when she loses her father. See, and that's uh, she told me that as well. She yeah. said there's the whole thing with her father. So for me, it was just me being a dumb dumb about the show and not being aware of prior story. But at the same time, to a certain extent, I, I have to fault that a little bit because when you're bringing a show back in 2016. You need to be conscious that there are going to be people watching that don't know the history as well. Well, then that's why they need to watch Netflix and get caught up. <laughs> I'm trying, man. There's only so many hours in a day. <laughs> that's that's the whole point of this six issue, this six I, episode arc. I, I can't um, just watch X Files all the time. I, but, I have but to. But you to watch bad movies like The Witch and watch some X Files. Oh gosh. <laughs> oh, the don't actually. It's funny, I, and I'll I'll say this: the listeners already know this. Uh, my intro, I went ahead and recorded the intro before I did this because I, I don't normally do that, but I'm doing this whole episode in one night. And my intro was about The Witch. So it's <laughs> funny that you bring that up. Have either of you seen it yet? No. No. I probably, I'm not going to now. Yeah, I probably won't. Well, well, look, I, I didn't like it. Lots of people do. Let's move on. The um, <laughs> uh Another moment that I love in Home Again is it's probably got one of my favorite now, one of my favorite uh, Scully and Mulder moments of them together and their 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 relationship is when she's with her mother uh, by her mother's side. The phone rings. She looks at it. It's Mulder. She's thinking uh, he's just going to ask me about yeah, the case and all yeah, this kind yeah. of stuff. She picks up the phone and he says, I'm here. And yeah. she turns around and he's right outside. It's like, that, I mean, what well, no, she thought what? it was uh, she what well, William. She thought it was her brother. No, she saw that it was, it said Mulder on it. Well, no, no, no. What I, this is because this is something we had to rewind and watch is she looked. Oh, right. Said Mulder or no, she looked and it said William or whatever. Her her brother's William, right? Yeah. I think she looked and it said William. And then when she answered, it was Mulder. Like she was wanting one thing and it turned out to be another thing or something. Like there was weird Scully having phone visions or something with it. It's just really, really like, I, and it I, was. Like, what, what the kids call it gave me the feels. Well, what, and that's what it was is the person <laughs> she needed to be there was there. Yes. That was and the whole point. He didn't care about the case. Right. He wasn't like, right. I mean, even though he's interested, I mean, he's there for her. And right. I, that's, that, that, you know, that just goes to show you how powerful these, this, these two are as, as a character. Well, and I'll tell that's, you. That's what I liked about the episode was them relationship building. Yeah. My my biggest complaint about it is you're sitting at your mother's deathbed. Put your tits away. Button up some buttons. <laughs> well, we we got to see plenty of sweet sweet Anderson cleavage in this season. <laughs> and uh good for her. Uh and and actually now that I think about it, uh I didn't mention this when we first started talking about this story story like I'm on Earth Station Who again. <laughs> this episode Another thing that threw me is when I saw the title Home Again, I was expecting, and and wrongfully, 
I was expecting it to have something to do with home. Yes, I, I, I've seen that also. And, and um, that's yeah. my own fault. That is not the episode's fault in well, any way. Well, kind of. To call, I mean, yeah, to call they it could have again. called it, you know, Band-Aid Nose Man. <laughs> Band-Aids and Dead Moms. That would have been a more appropriate title. Uh, but yeah, I, I was very excited about this one, especially, you know, between the excellent third episode and my expectation that it was going to have something to do with home, which is up there for me. It's one of those singular episodes like, uh, Hush from Buffy that stands out as you could take a person that had never seen an episode of this show and just show them that one episode and they'd be like, holy shit, I want more of this. Uh, and, and so I was expecting home, you know, something to do with that. And the whole time I was like, oh, is, is trash man maybe one of the kids? Is it? And it wasn't <laughs> at all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but again, that's, Yes, they could have called it something different, but I take responsibility for that one for piling expectations onto what was a solid episode, but was just weirdly placed, I guess. Uh, and then next we get into Babylon, which this one didn't disappoint me, but, but in the same way after home again, I was kind of like, ugh. What do we have now? We're not going to get another hilarious comedy episode. Clearly, they're doing things differently. But then Robbie Amell and Lauren Ambrose show up, and I'm delighted because I love both of them as actors. Regardless of what they're doing on the X-Files, I, I was delighted to see both of them. And this ended up being a really solid episode that dealt once again with stuff that we are in the modern world, very concerned about. And I was surprised at how frankly they handled some of it. You know, I, you don't, uh, t television, entertainment, movies, whatever, tend to shy away from, uh, this sort of depiction of Muslims. And obviously we all know, it's stereotypes and not everybody's like the worst case of anything. Not all rednecks are horrible racist truck drivers. You know, we, we know, we understand how stereotypes work. We're smart people, but the media in general tends to be afraid of portraying the worst types of stereotypes. But in this, they kind of went head on into it and they had Muslim bombers uh, suicide bombers. And I was shocked to see that, honestly, because think about how many times episodes of a television show have been pulled due to current events. And not that we've had any bombings recently, but if there's a more volatile topic than suicide bombers, I'm not sure what it is. So this, this was a very interesting episode and very interesting subject matter. Uh, did you guys find it as, as, uh, powerful as I did, or was it kind of just another, well, here, here's a case. I don't know. I feel like the Muslims as bad guys is kind of getting played out. I, I think like the Russians are maybe due for a comeback because Putin is a crazy person. And there's, <laughs> there's way more character possibilities there than with just, you know, another jihadist guy. 
and I don't watch a lot of those crime dramas. I don't watch Homeland or any of that stuff. So I don't, I don't know how many Muslims are portrayed as bad guys on TV. You know, speaking but, of Russians, yeah. let me let me go off on a brief tangent here, and I apologize for interrupting <laughs> you, but. <laughs> I, I just, I need a tangent because I was thinking about this earlier today. I've been heavily immersed in James Bond lately. Mike, I'm going to have you back on for our James Bond theme song episode. Woo-hoo. Beth, you're more than welcome if you'd like to talk about the music of James Bond. <laughs> Here's the thing that I just want to get out there. I really need to see Daniel Craig in a space suit punching a Russian in outer space before his time as Bond is done. You may be too late. No, it can't. No, no. I do not accept that he's done before he has done. Every single Bond (laughs) has dealt with outer space shit, like whether it's a space launch or actually literally being in space. It's happened. Craig has to serve his outer space time. He has to, and, it, and I would love it to be against Russians because, Beth, you're totally right. It is time to return to the 80s and make the Russians bad guys again because they are, Wait. they're nuts. Even Pierce if it's Brosnan, just... Pierce Brosnan never went to space. But they, he had, uh, well, you know what, Dalt, no, Brosnan, he, he had a, a space satellite. He wasn't in space, but he had a space satellite movie. Okay. But you're right. GoldenEye does not count as a space movie. It absolutely does, because you know what? Tina Turner sang the theme song, and she's from outer space. (laughs) I don't follow your logic. Maybe You're not not using our Earth logic. Maybe. Well, I've had a lot of rum. Dalton Dalton might not have had a space movie. But anyway, this is not the Bond cast. This is the (laughs) X-Files cast. Uh, and yes, I, I agree with you. Even if it was just some crazy Russian YouTubers who are bungee cording off the top of their apartment building into barbed wire flaming pits, that might have been more interesting than Muslims. But it is, it is interesting that they straight out went for that. And it ended up being a great story. And some of those horrifying effects I've seen recently, uh, for, for the listeners, and I'm sure you guys have watched this. If, if, if you've stuck with us, to this point, I'm fairly certain you watched all six episodes of, of, of season 10. Uh, but two Muslims, uh, go in and suicide bomb an art gallery because the art, and see, this wasn't clear to me at the beginning of the episode. I felt like the setup was a little weak for this one, but this was related directly to the Charlie Hebdo, uh, incident in France where there was an art gallery that was uh, displaying a depiction of Muhammad and two Muslims go in and blow it up. But one of them survives and is horrifically disfigured from the bombing. And this is some of the best and most disturbing makeup I've seen on television in quite some time. What did you guys think of this guy? Oh yeah, that, that, oh, yeah. It was Gabe. terrifying. Absolutely. Like, like it was hard, and, and I'm, I mean, uh, well, and Beth, I know you're in the same boat as me. I'm a long time hardcore horror fan. I've seen some Yeah, but up. it was tough to look at. Yes, I, that's exactly what I was getting ready to say. It was hard for me to look at this guy. And I've seen crazy shit. I've watched Japanese horror movies. <laughs> but this guy was uncomfortable to look at. And I think it was the realism of his disfigurement that made it such an issue because they didn't go over the top. 
you could buy that this guy got blown up and this is what was left of him. Uh, I did, but I, this, go ahead, Mike. No, I was just about to say, I think, I think out of the six, this is my least favorite. Oh, that's um, interesting. I, I think, um, like you said, and, and, and I hadn't thought of it, what the fact that they did actually go ahead and make the, uh, uh, Islamic men responsible because I kept feeling like Chris is not going to do this. It's so much. It's so so stereotypical. There's going to be a twist here, right? And there's not. Like um, it actually ends up being like um, them, and you know, it's. I, I like the. There's so much like ideas that I liked here, but I the end result I just didn't think clicked together with me. Um, you've got this really intense situation, um, really where we feel like what this is what the FBI really should be doing now. I mean, you know, like well, there's a reason that the X-Files guys are in the basement because most of the resources of the FBI should be stopping right. things like this. Right. This this and, wasn't really a Mulder and Scully case. Right. Absolutely. Well, and and that's true because, you know, Einstein and Miller are the ones that bring it to them. Right. Uh and 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 then it's got this weird sort of trippy, you know, thing that happens with Mulder in the, in the middle of it. And, uh, for, yeah, for, for all the hype or I don't know if it was hype is, is too strong a word, but for all the, you know, it was announced, you know, last year that the lone gunman would be coming back. So everybody was thinking, Oh, they're not dead. This is really going to be cool. This is, we can't wait to see them. Was, and this, was anybody really thinking that though? Yes. No, I, I didn't. I mean, I, I didn't want all these other people to come back to life just because. As Good much right. as I love the lone gunman. Sure, sure. And I do, too. And I, I was kind of curious as to what they were going to do. And, and this, you know, this is so just sort of, yeah, sort of strange. Um, and I, I really like. Uh, as you said, I really like Robbie and Lauren. Lauren is, I, I think. Uh, ever since I saw her in Six Feet Under, yes. uh, I've kind of waited for her to break out again. And unfortunately, she's come close, but she come like there's these missteps, like the poor, you know, the the the, the Torchwood. I mini-series. yeah, I think she's made she's fantastic. I feel like she's made some bad choices. Yeah, well, I mean, I can't I can't argue with her. She's you know, good. Like, she's good in everything she does, but everything she does is not good. Right. Hey, I love Can't Hardly Wait. You shut up. Oh, I'm not talking about Can't Hardly Wait. I love <laughs> no, no, that no, movie. I'm not talking about Can't Hardly I Wait. I just either. watched that the other night with Seth Green and his crazy hip hop <laughs> lingo. Um, but I did think that the that the characters, and I know that they were kind of playing it up, but I thought they were too similar to Mulder and Scully. Like you know, the fact that his name's Miller, and you know that she's got red hair, and. It's and and it almost it gives people the impression that possibly we're passing the torch here, and that's, and I yeah, think that was yeah, and that wasn't something that I wanted to see them do either. Uh, not in such a blatant like, oh, we're going to get this other guy, you know. Well, <laughs> and I <laughs> and red hit. I think that was more the issue than anything. Is that the tone of this episode? was kind of all over the place because you had, you know, the seriousness of these bombers and this horribly disfigured guy and then Mulder's silly drug trip. 
which yeah. was I, I it just wasn't as funny as I think they thought it was. I, I but it was lived my whole life without knowing that there's a song called Honky Tonk Badonka Donk. You didn't know I, that prior I didn't to this? Need, I didn't need to know that. You live in Georgia. How uh-huh, do you not I, know this? I tune it out. Oh my gosh. No, I was aware of that song and it was like the, his whole trip scene went on way too long and just wasn't as funny as I think they thought it was. And it would have been one thing if it was kind of a, a you know, a way to lighten the mood a bit, but it was, I don't know how long it was, five, six, five minutes it maybe. Was, it was too long. It was funny for like a second. And then I was like, yeah. oh, oh, wait, they're, they're this still going with this. This is still going. <laughs> it's not <laughs> stopping. And yeah. it seemed really contrived, you know, yes. you know, she, you know, he, Fox calls her, you know, and, you know, and, and Scully calls him. It just seemed just, it didn't really make, uh, the setup didn't make a lot of sense to me, but yeah. there's some, there's still some powerful scenes in here. Uh, and, and, you know, the scene with the nurse I thought was, was probably my, my favorite, like the oh, most yeah, powerful yeah. Uh, of the episode. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that was, that was really strong. Uh, honestly, everything out and here's the thing. I don't want to give up cowboy Mulder with his crazy knuckle rings, <laughs> but that whole sequence could have been cut by a lot. Uh, but I do like the idea of Mulder thinking like, yes, a drug trip is the answer to this problem. <laughs> and, and Scully, because it, it really is once again, just that, the resonance of what the X-Files is. Mulder thinks a drug trip is the answer. Scully thinks scientific uh, equipment, uh, technology is the answer. Like yeah. it's, it's, it was kind of perfect in that way, but it was a little shaky the way that they presented it. And then at the end, I, I liked the end sound where they had the trumpets at the end. What is that? I don't know. It's the X-Files. Yeah, yeah. Like that, that's, that's the kind of stuff that, that they can end an episode on. And I'm like, you know what? I'll take that. That's fine. Uh, and, and it was like overall, I really dug the concept and the story. I loved Miller and Einstein and, and the reaction. I'm Agent Einstein. Really? <laughs> <laughs> and, and Scully later on gets to use Einstein in the way, you know, you, in modern society, we say Einstein in one of two ways. It's either Albert Einstein who discovered the theory of, or who came up with the theory of relativity or way to go Einstein. And we got, or, or if you're ordering a bagel, well, yes, Einstein's <laughs> bagels, man, why they That's a missed opportunity. They didn't have her with a bagel. Uh, but they, they, I, I like that name. That was a good choice. It was funny and they acknowledged how ridiculous it was. It was, it was a, a kind of a, you know, we knew it was silly and they admitted it was silly and went with it. I, I, I dug that. So then from this alternately heavy and light episode, and I will say this, the lone gunman, uh, I never expected that. Oh, they didn't really die. I never expected that to be the case. I didn't know how, I never imagined they would be working it in via a mushroom drug trip. 
but I, I figured it would be some kind of flashback or something along those lines. But I was disappointed that we didn't get more out of them. As someone who's taken mushrooms, I, I can say that I've never hallucinated dead people. Maybe you, maybe somebody happens that happens to them, but you've yeah. you've never hung out with Dean Haglund in your dreams, your mushroom dreams. If only, if only <laughs> the drugs I got were that good. Well, all you have to do is go to Dragon Con, and you can make that happen. <laughs> you don't have to do the mushroom thing. Um, but I, yeah, I was I, I was a little disappointed that they didn't get something. Why well, you know a flashback where they helped out with something where they said. Uh, where Mulder remembered, oh, they told me this thing that would help with this case maybe would have been more interesting, but instead they're just sitting there kind of grooving, ah, whatever. Uh, so, this episode leads into our finale, and I'm going to be leaning on you guys heavily for this finale because I watched it once, I thought I was going to fall asleep, I didn't, but I still am not clear on everything. I know Reyes showed up. I know we once again got to see the now hideously disfigured smoking man who has a hole in his neck, which people insert cigarettes into, <laughs> which is hilarious and disturbing. Uh, and apparently the smoking man is the head of the Illuminati or some shit now. Help me out, guys. What the fuck happened in this episode? It, well, it it needed to be two hours. Totally, agree. I think, and 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 they shoved two hours worth of material and story into one, and it's 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 bloated. Oh, and, and let me say, I thought I was going to fall asleep, not because it was dull, but because I had worked all day. I had gotten up at three thirty in the morning and then come home and and came home and made a point of watching this before I went to bed because I was like, I've got to watch this because somebody on Facebook is going to fuck it up for me if I don't watch it tonight uh, and and come to find out that nobody could possibly have fucked it up for me because there was nothing to be fucked up. So please continue, Mike Gordon. During the course of the season, and, and Beth, please correct me if I'm, I'm wrong because it's, it's, it's so convoluted. <laughs> but during during the course of the season – we are led to believe that the main conspiracy that uh, Cancer Man, Cigarette Smoking Man, whatever you want to call him, uh, <laughs> um, it is part of as as like a, like he is. I don't think he's the the head. I mean, there's a a, a group of uh, of folks, and he's like the the main man that gets things done for them. Um, they are interested in colonization. Uh, they have got to deal with some sort of alien beings and they are going to, uh, they're going to, uh, the aliens are going to colonize the world and, uh, it's up to, you know, our intrepid FBI agents to stop this from happening. Uh, they are, um, trying to, uh, they're experimenting with people, um, and, uh, you, uh, with, uh, alien DNA, uh, smallpox and whatnot. So there's, there's all this thing. Now in the first, in my, in the first episode of my struggle, the doctor, the old guy that uh, that Mulder contacts with, uh, his new deep throatish kind of guy, uh, basically says that was all crap. <laughs> like everything you knew <laughs> about like the nine seasons you were watching, including the movie, that first movie, yeah, that was all crap. 
what's really going on is that, uh, and we find out in this episode, what's really going on is that, uh, they're, they have decided, uh, I guess a group has decided to use alien DNA to, uh, sort of save the planet from the virus that is humans. Am I wrong? Uh, that uh, sounds fine to me. No, I, I mean, I kind of got that impression. It was just, it didn't feel like they built up to it enough. To yeah, to no, no, absolutely. Episode. Yeah. And but so, yeah, I get that's where, that's where they're headed. We were all thinking, Scully's of the opinion that, uh, when smallpox vaccination, and this is covered in an earlier episode of, uh, during the season, that, uh, when smallpox vaccinations were given to people, uh, that, uh, it in- included some sort of alien DNA that affected everybody, um, and that, uh, that now, like, this whole thing that's happening now is that that's what's going to make everybody sick. So this, so another uh, timely topic in the whole anti-vaccination thing. Yes, absolutely. And, and, and she's of the opinion because she's got alien DNA, just like the woman that, you know, that we uh, saw met in the first one, in the first uh, episode the my struggle, um, they are in trouble because they've got, you know, alien DNA in them. Um, what we find out in this episode is that they have, because they have alien DNA in them, they're actually safe. Right. They're going to survive this apocalypse or whatever. Right. That the, uh, the <laughs> Illuminati, as you called them, have, uh, released the plague on the world. And only the folks that have, uh, they're lucky enough to have alien DNA as part of their makeup, um, uh, or have been injected with it are going to survive this. So that is why Scully is good, but uh, Mulder is not, and uh, everybody else is in trouble. So um, obviously uh, Scully and Einstein uh, and two doctors help co-write this. So I'm thinking that there is at least some sort of science, real science applied here. I don't know if that's true, but because two doctors help Chris write the script, I'm hoping that – that and, and you know what? It doesn't really care. I don't really care if the science is good. No, I don't either because all I know is somebody that has a television show has said a thing, and I'm like, well, they have a TV show and I don't, so I'm good. (laughs) Well, and it's, you know, it it applies to this TV show. Like, I'm not going to use that method in my real life. (laughs) So, like, if it's okay and if it's a rule in this TV show, then that's a rule in the TV show. But I know that I'm not going to say, well, you know, just because it's not true in real life, then, uh, then, you know, screw that. I right, mean, right. it's just, you know, I, I watch Mythbusters. I know TV makes up a lot of stuff <laughs> that, you know, the, even the most simple things you would think you take for granted. But I'm I, very upset to have discovered that an oxygen tank cannot blow up a shark. <laughs> I, I still don't believe that's true. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, anyway, so, yeah, so I think it was kind of a hodgepodge in a, in a, in a, a reader's digest version of what we, I would have liked to have gotten from this episode. Cause I think there was a lot of big things happening. Um, I know that some people felt that Reyes's, uh, compromise, uh, was, uh, deterred her character a bit. To be honest, I, I don't think I really ever attached myself to her so the fact yeah, that she I didn't care I didn't feel betrayed because I didn't care yeah I, I I felt the same way I was like oh she went to the other side okay yeah 
you know. She, she she gave up a good job at the FBI with as a, now she's a cigarette holder. <laughs> so yeah, hey, I didn't, live. Uh, my my only because I I don't think I ever saw any episodes with her because I checked out when Robert Patrick showed up and she came in after he essentially replaced Duchovny, right? Well, yeah, yes. Uh, she she came in a few times before everybody was totally gone. But, yeah, for the most part. Well, I don't have – I mean, I like Annabeth Gish, but I don't know her as Reyes at all. So I had no – I had – not, She's not bad. I had no um, feelings about her. I, that, that whole thing left me flummoxed. If you were not attached to Mulder and Scully, Reyes and Doggett weren't terrible. But if you're attached to Mulder and Scully, then fuck them. Well, then, and how could you not be attached to Mulder and Scully? Yeah, if you're not attached to Mulder and Scully, you really need to watch that other show. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm trying to give people the benefit of the doubt. That's true. I know, maybe, true. Maybe there are some folks who came in on the last two seasons of X-Files. <laughs> That's all they ever watched. I uh, I think this betrayal would have been uh, more convincing if we had a little bit more time and if she had led them... Like maybe she had been in that first episode and led them down a path and they trusted her and something didn't work out. And you're kind of like, oh, well, that's too bad. It didn't work out. And then you find out later that she betrayed them and led them down a path the wrong way on purpose. I think that would have then you would have like felt like, oh, we don't like you now or or trusted you or if when she told Scully about the betrayal, Scully had reacted in a way that suggested she'd been betrayed. Yeah, really. Yeah, she just gave her a hug and like said, it's right. Okay. right. I understand. Uh, yeah, I was, I, 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 was lost. I don't think Scully's invested in her as a character any more than we are. <laughs> I don't like, really remember who you are. Have a hug. She's like, you're biting my shit. Get out of here, bitch. Um, um so the, the scene between Mulder and uh, the attack at his apartment or his home was uh, the fight was good. Uh, is a, a really brutal scene, and 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 I'd forgot. Where did Mulder next... learn how to fight like that? Well, that's the other thing too. I mean, I I don't remember him fighting that. Uh, it was really oh. funny. Uh, I was my uh, my girl Michelle doesn't watch the X Files, but she has known me as long as the X Files has been on, and she's put up with me watching the X Files for <laughs> as long as. Uh, it's been on, and uh, and so when I started, you know, obviously watching the new series, it was the third season in, and after I was finished, uh, I came into the room where she was on the computer, and she's like, "Is X Files done?" And I said, "Yep." And she's like, "Is that episode what is it three now?" And I said, "I said, yep, it's half over." And she said, "How many times has Mulder dropped his gun?" <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, "You know, I don't think I've seen him with a gun yet." Uh, so that was, uh, they're like, you're yeah. back in the FBI, but we're not issuing you a sidearm. <laughs> you're a little bit of a goob for us to be given a, a pistol to, but it reminded me of the scene. Uh, there's a great brutal battle, uh, in the, I think it's the third season between, uh, uh, X and, uh, Skinner that, uh, they go toe to toe in, in the hallway of Mulder's apartment. And, uh, it's just, uh, yeah, there's some been some great fight scenes in in X Files history, and I thought this was a nice uh, sort of callback to that. It was it was but, definitely a good fight scene. I I was just man, I, this is well, Beth, go ahead with with uh, more about this episode. What were you going to say? 
Oh, I was just about to say, due to the uh, camera bl- blurring effect of fight choreography, the uh, the guy who attacked him in his house kind of for a second looked like Krychek. Oh, yeah, my, yeah. My initial reaction was, fuck, they're trying to bring him back too? Oh. <laughs> but, but then I realized, oh, wait, that's not him. Thank God. Thank God we're not going there. Uh, my favorite thing about the episode was, and I don't know if everybody caught this, but at the beginning, during the opening credits, at the very end, when it usually says the truth is out there, it said this is the end. Yes. And I thought that was super cool because, you know, hopefully this is the yeah. end of this part. Yeah. Well, and uh, I, I definitely felt that uh, this, as much as I didn't understand what the fuck was going on, I did get the impression that this was uh, on a television budget that this was the worldwide apocalypse that they wanted it to be. Uh, right. You know, we didn't get this. This was not World War Z. Thankfully, not many things are. <laughs> uh, but they did the best they could to show the whole world is screwed but I then feel, I feel like it came out of nowhere. Well, it did come out of nowhere. Uh, and I think I, I feel like they half ass attempted to establish at the beginning of the season that something like this was going on, but without the narrative thread running throughout the season, it made it feel like this was out of nowhere. Because they didn't continue it through all of the episodes. They didn't, they didn't, uh, you know, there are a lot of shows that managed to have a, a season long story arc, but also to be monster of the week shows. Uh, Buffy was very good at that. Uh, Supernatural in its better seasons has been very good at that. <laughs> and I could argue that every season, every show that you're about to mention was inspired by and made possible by the fact that the X-Files was so successful. Well, and no, you're absolutely right. But I don't feel like they accomplished that. And, and part of it was that they only had six episodes, but part of it was that they, to me, maybe seemed so determined to have that demo reel and not worry as much. I feel like the, the people behind this season, which, you know, Chris Carter and, and the other writers, whatever, I feel like they leaned very heavily on the people watching this are going to love the X-Files. And I feel like they leaned too heavily on that, that we're going to give them certain things and whether or not we've, we've put enough effort into establishing them or whether or not we've put enough effort into telling this story, the people watching this love the X-Files, so they're going to take what we give them. Well, look, I mean, the X-Files is back. Oh, Chris I'm Carter, looking, Mike Gordon. Chris Carter is is in charge, and so, you know, you have to take it warts and all. I mean, Chris had nine seasons to try to straighten out and make sense of this alien colonization thing and didn't really get to it and even did a movie <laughs> to try to to try to bring it like home that point home as well and that was and, that was and, the the story of the first X-Files movie yeah and 
and it, you know, still people were scratching their heads after, you know, and so I don't know why anybody thought <laughs> that in six episodes, uh, he was going to be able to give us an, another alien conspiracy story that was actually but, going to make sense and be simple. Right. But because, he shouldn't have been trying to give us another one. He, right. he really could have just tied up the loose ends from all the other ones. I, I don't. I'm still scratching my head about this, and I really know the X Files, but I'm still <laughs> like, what the, what the fuck? What was that? Yeah, I, I, I haven't, I haven't looked at it enough to go because right, I was kind of put off in that first in the first episode of my struggle where the doctor says all that stuff about colonization was just bullshit, and I was like, really? Because okay, now time on I, that. now yeah, and now I gotta think. Okay, but explain this, 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 and this. You know, like, like there was a lot of stuff going on that now. Okay, so if it's not colonization, then what is it? And so in the in my struggle too, it reveals we reveal what the what they're up to, and now I have to figure out if everything in those nine seasons makes sense for this new what the real you know story is, and I don't know if I want to go through that, um, but. And, and you know what? In some ways, it just, it doesn't matter. Like, I'm like, you know what? It, it's like the, it's like the science. I'm just going to take it. And this is what, this is the limited time that Chris had to tell this story. And so he did the best he could. And, you know, and apparently, you know, it wasn't good enough. And, and, and while, while I'm apt to forgive some of the, the problems with this one, uh, the internet apparently is not. Oh, really? <laughs> like, <laughs> see, like this one has, this one is the, the, the reaction to this episode has been pretty brutal. Like for all the, the good that, uh, good vibes that X-Files had in the first few, uh, when it was returned, the first two or three episodes, especially after that third one, the high that we were all on, um, this one really just kind of, uh, um, you know, as a series finale, um, really um, piss people off. I actually had to go back to make sure in my on-demand queue that I hadn't either missed an episode before this one <laughs> or there wasn't another episode after this one. Like, wait, yeah. I, it, this, this can't be the last one. Something I've missed something somewhere. Well, see, I was relieved that I had talked to both of you guys before watching well let's see what was yeah i talked because i talked to you monday right i talked to you before the episode aired because i wasn't sure when the finale was yeah and both of you told me no tonight is the finale and then i said well then let's record thursday night uh and i'll tell you right now if you guys had not told me (laughs) that monday night was the finale i would have been tuning in this coming Monday, expecting an explanation of what the fuck was going on. <laughs> and I would have been terribly disappointed. Uh, but I will say this. Overall, uh, the season, as uneven as parts of it were, it left me wanting more. Because Duchovny and Anderson still have that chemistry. The uh, Carter and whoever else was writing for the show still have interesting stories to tell. That 
this has proven that the X-Files is still a viable universe, is still a source of interesting narrative. And, you know, I, I am not in any way saying, well, that was a failure. Fuck that. I want more. I want it to be good. I want it to be more successful than I perceived these six episodes to be. But the magic was still there to me. How did you guys come out of it? I, I completely agree. I, I want there to be more episodes. I want them to be good episodes. I don't want, you know, the the every time things things need to get serious, we kill another member of Scully's family. Well, I um, think she's. I think she's left. out. Yeah, I, I know she's getting low. She's only well, got a just, couple brothers we, left. I was gonna say we just found out she's got another brother, so that's good. So <laughs> right, they've still they've still got some drama to milk. <laughs> they threw they threw another red shirt in there for us. Exactly. <laughs> I the thing that overall bugs me about it that made me not completely love it was that the old show, the original show, didn't focus on the the scary internet conspiracies of our time because we didn't have scary internet conspiracies of our time back in the early 90s. We didn't have the internet as much as we do now. Right. Even and, in two, and there weren't... Well, even there, in 2002 when the show ended, uh, you know, it, it certainly wasn't anything like what it is now. No. There weren't crazy internet people or there were that ancient aliens guy with the terrible hair on every <laughs> single History Channel show. We didn't have that back then. And I feel like the new show, while it takes advantage of some of that, relies a little bit too heavily on that. Um, I did love, overall, the story of it. I, I love seeing them kind of fall back into place without missing a step. And I wouldn't mind seeing Einstein and Miller do, do a little more or eventually, if they want to do that, take over. I felt like it was a little too neat in how they put their characters together, but, you know, that's that's fine. I would continue to watch it if it were about them. And I loved the little nods to the old fans, like at the very beginning of the third episode, having uh, Tyler Labine yes. show up as a stoner who had been in two previous episodes as a stoner again. Well, both of yep. them, him, him yeah, and the, the girl had, uh, and I only know this because I looked it up, because... When he popped up on screen, I was like, holy shit, it's Sock! Because <laughs> I know him from Reaper, which I thought was a fantastic show. I, I love loved that show. show, but I loved him also in Tucker and Dale for right. people. Exactly. Well, every, I mean, really, everything he's been in, he's fantastic, and it's usually something fun. But yeah, as soon as I saw him, I was like, oh shit, is, what is this? And I saw that it was, he was not only had been on it before, but was playing the same character, and so was the yeah. girl with him. And that's so 20 years later, he's still stoned. Right, right. Sniffing glue. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I love those those touches that, you know, maybe people who didn't watch the original show didn't get, but they're, they're in there for us. And, and I like that they weren't too heavy-handed with it to where it felt like it would be inaccessible for people who didn't watch every single episode ten times. Yeah, and I I do th I will say this: as lost as I was at some points, I didn't feel like it was a greatest hits album. 
which sometimes revivals yeah. tend to be. I feel like they covered a lot of new territory. I feel like they established some new paradigms. Like, as much as there was some fan service uh, that went over my head, certainly, I did feel like they were trying to do a lot of new things. Mike, what about you? What what was your what were you left with? Um, I'm left with uh, um, I'm glad that they didn't try to do a you know six episode continuous mini series on wrapping up like trying to straighten out the the mess that they got into in the nine seasons before that. Um, you know, because that way lies madness. Uh, that that's how you end up with something like that uh, the Torchwood miniseries. You know, oh, it's just stop. it's just yeah. I don't mean, really. say don't you say the T word on this show, Buster. Well, I mean that's a show that was heavily inspired by the X Files as well. So um, and you know Lauren Ambrose uh, was really good in that miniseries as well, even though it wasn't good. So anyway, um, I, I'm left with I'm left with just like everybody else. I think is wanting more now. Uh, I'm hoping that the last episode didn't leave such a bad taste in people's mouth that they they feel like uh, they have this episode one feel to it um, as far as Star Wars uh, similar goes. I mean, I've already seen many, many uh, blogs and posts to say that, you know, Chris Carter should go the, the George Lucas route and step away from oh that uh, no his creation. I think that's oh, no. ridiculous that's silly I, 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 I have seen it I mean you know people felt like that that the worst episodes of these six were all Chris penned and directed well he only and, did the first one and the last one no he did he did uh, the last two. Oh, did he yeah he did the oh. first one and the last two. Oh, you're right he did Babylon. see I but I liked Babylon I thought that was good so um, and, uh, but so that's why, you know, um, and, and, and that said, uh, I think the ending, whether, you know, it ends on a cliffhanger, obviously. Now, as cliffhangers go, it's not really that difficult to imagine a way out of that. So I don't think it's as a doom and gloom cliffhanger that it's like, oh my God, he's pretty, they've pretty much left him in a, I mean, obviously they are in a tough spot. Well, but, I mean, uh, there, there's no such thing as a, a be-all, end-all cliffhanger anymore because, you know, Buffy died. Well, if they can get out, <laughs> if they can get out of all the shit that they did nine, for nine seasons, they can get out of six episodes worth of stuff. Right? Absolutely, absolutely. This is fictional television we're talking about. I mean, there's there's, there's a way out, yeah. you know. So, so as cliffhanger and as cliffhangers go, I mean, I, I was reminded. Of another one of my favorite series, who uh, that uh, ended on a cliffhanger, although that didn't, it wasn't an intentional one. But uh, in the fourth season of Farscape, they really thought they were going to come back for a fifth, and then Sci-Fi canceled them in the well, just after they got finished shooting the fourth season finale, and uh, and so they they had a cliffhanger that they intended to uh, resolve. But didn't get a chance to because they were canceled until oh. later on. Then they had a, a min, then they did they did a miniseries to kind of wrap it up. But um, uh, that, but so, but we didn't know we were going to get more back. Right. So that the, you know the spoilers for Farscape people out there um, <laughs> who are interested. But the uh, the last the last shot of the series uh, ends with the two main characters like literally like. I mean, breaking into like a billion pieces. Um, uh, and it's just, it breaks your heart. I didn't, 
even though I was reminded of that with this, I didn't feel the same way because I felt I still felt like there was a way out if if this was the last shot. And X Files, when they ended their ninth season, they they did have an episode that they wrapped it all up. So they've gone that route. They've already gone the route where we've ended the show. We're going to end it, um, you know, with explain the whole thing because they did that with Mulder's trial and. That was a mess. And um, and then, you know, with the two characters, you know, in bed together, you know, they're going to be together. You know, it's it's all right. And I felt that this so they've already got a chance. They've already done that. They've already given people the quote unquote happy ending that the that they needed. So there was no need to do that again. Um, whether this was an, uh, a, a concerted effort on the part of Chris and everybody involved to say, we're going to make it so that the fans are going to demand that we continue. I don't know. Um, I think, uh, I think because of the relationship that they had with, you know, that Fox had with Netflix, I think they, they probably knew that this was maybe a shot that they wouldn't be able to do anymore. So, um, I, I can't speak to what, you know, I'd like to see some interviews with Chris and the rest of them just to know exactly what they, they were thinking. But I mean, Chris has already come out and said that we're, we'll be back. So, oh, has he? Well, I've, yeah, I mean, I it, it now, seemed, now, well, he said that, but there's nothing to back him up on that. Like right, Fox well, has not said you'll be back and nobody else has said you'll be back. Well, but Chris has said we'll be back. That's the impression that I've gotten is everybody involved is more than willing to do more. It's basically up to Fox at this point. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, I think throughout the whole story or the whole episode, the, the everything that was going on, the chaos and everything, I think my biggest disappointment was really the scene between the cigarette smoking man and Fox. I mean, they have been at odds since the season, since the series began. And I just feel like that scene needs to be really important and that needs to be really intense and there needs to be, there something needs to happen there, and there nothing happened. Well, something did happen. Fox started to die. <laughs> yeah, but he was he was dying anyway. <laughs> yeah, I, I to me, not knowing the history, I felt like that scene. You know, Fox Mulder is a subdued guy. He doesn't get too worked up. But I felt like that was a situation where maybe he should emote a little bit more. And he seemed just too casual. I don't know. You're right. It didn't have the impact it probably should have. Yeah, I just... Well, that's, that I mean, that's his thing. He's always a cool customer. But if you're ever going to blow up, I think maybe... Maybe when you find out your nemesis is alive and going to murder the planet, that's that's a good time to do it. Yeah. Plus, I mean, on in, in Fox didn't. There's no way out for him. Like he's he knows he's dying. Right. I, I would at least think that his, you know, there's no hope for him as far as he's concerned. In his mind, I, I don't understand that why he would let. Uh, Cigarette smoking man live. Right. Like if he's, if Fox is going to go down, he's going to make sure. I mean, it might not change the, the conspiracy. It might not change the events that are happening, but at least this, this bastard, this son of a bitch is not going to outlive him. Right. Well, especially 
especially after he told him, you know, that, that Scully was going to live and Mulder was going to die and, and this cancer man would be all she had, I'd fucking shoot him in the head. Yeah. 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 I, you, you won't be there, bitch. In his weird half plastic head. <sighs> so we were. <laughs> like, like but, he couldn't get any creepier. It's yeah. like, damn, he's creepier. Despite, uh, despite some quibbles with the season, overall, uh, it had good X-Files stuff. It left us wanting more, which obviously is the point. Uh, and I'm, you know, I'm okay with it. I will watch all of these again because I feel like now that they're in my head, uh, my expectations, you know, are, are not, I don't want to say they're not as high, but I, I know what my expectations are. I've seen them. So now I can go back and watch them and sort of take them in and maybe look at their intent a little bit more now that, that what I expect has been removed from the equation. Uh, they're not anything where I, not a single one of them was one where I watched it and I was like, well, that was a bunch of horseshit. I never want to see that again. Uh, which is something that happens with shows all the time for me. So, you know, on that front, it's a success. I'm compelled. I, I want more. I want to check these out again. And I'm not saying they're all going to be good on, on, on reflection, on further, uh, further inspection. If I can rhyme like an idiot. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I got to say it was compelling stuff. At no point did I want to check out. So final impressions, uh, last few words. Uh, Mike. It was so nice to have it back. Um, it has, uh, this without a doubt, um, you know, as if there was any doubt, because I mean, obviously with this franchise being gone for so long, we were all wondering if it was ever going to be revived or, or renewed or rebooted or whatever, you know? So, uh, a lot of us had given up hope that we would ever see, certainly we would ever see, um, David and, and Jillian back. Um, and, 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 and yeah, that's another thing that was disappointing in these six episodes. Skinner didn't really do a lot. And I, that was disappointing. I wish he had had a bigger role in some things anyway. But, um, I think it's just, you know, proves that they, these are two of the best, one of the best TV couples, uh, that I, that I've personally seen. Uh, whether it's TV or whatnot, um, uh, I enjoy watching them. Uh, I hope that there's more. Um, this is a series that I did not watch from day one. Uh, this is a series that I joined late. Uh, in fact, when I saw my first episode of The X-Files, I thought it was a bunch of garbage. <laughs> I absolutely did. I saw The first episode of The X-Files I ever saw was Ice. Because uh, people were talking... a great episode. People were talking about the X Files. They were talking about, it, talking about, it, talking about. It. So I watched it. And I was like, okay, I'll watch this episode. I'll watch the next one. So I watched it, and it was Ice. And first of all, I thought it was a complete ripoff of the thing. It and was I, to be. I know, but I didn't get that at the time. Uh, so I, I was like, oh yeah, they're just copying the thing. This is BS. They can't even be original. And I thought that David and Jillian both were just plain and boring and not interesting at all. Um, I'm glad I gave it a second shot because, uh, uh, I started watching, I watched it again towards the end of the first season and that's when, oh my goodness. Uh, I think I remember, uh, like the first, when, when, uh, Deep Throat gets it, I, I, that was a game changer that 
uh, I was like, wow, this is bold TV. I've never seen a show that has excited me like this before. Um, and I've been on that ride ever since. And it's nice to see that ride continue. And uh, I hope it's not over yet. Beth, what about you? Final thoughts about the season? Uh, well, Mike and I, I guess, had the exact opposite experience because Ice was the episode that got me hooked. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Nice. Oh, wow. I even wrote that down as, like, that was the episode that, that sucked me in. Cause I kind of watched so funny. it. I watched it here and there when it first started up. Cause you know, Twin Peaks was over. I needed something weird in my life. So <laughs> I, I kind of off and on watched it when I was around, but Ice was the episode that was like, yes, this is the show for me. I planned I, that from the beginning. I knew that <laughs> about both of you and that's why you're here. Not really, <laughs> not really at all. You I, are I wish so you brilliant. were that well thought out. <laughs> <laughs> Never. No, it would be disappointing if you were. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm super happy it's back. I hope it keeps going. Um, just, you know, more, please. Agreed. I, I think we all definitely want more. Guys, thank you so much for coming on and talking about uh, this season of X-Files. It left me... Uh, you know, wanting more, but more than anything, wanting to talk about it, which I think is a very important factor. You know, I, I don't, while I do cover a lot of different topics, topics on the show, it's not often that something spur of the moment. I'm like, I have to talk about this now. And it, that's how it left me. I wanted to hear input. I wanted to hear opinions. And, and, uh, that's what we've done here. I appreciate it. Mike, where can we find you online? Yeah, you can find me, of course, at uh, Earth Station One. Uh, do the weekly podcast there, esopodcast.com, esonetwork.com. Uh, for all things Tiki Zombie as well as New Legend, all my uh, writing, comics, books, etc., uh, you can find that at newlegendproductions.com. And Beth, we can find you at needlessthingssite.com. You should, are you going to have something new this Tuesday? I do, but it's going to be a surprise because even I don't know which of my things I'm going with yet. <laughs> well, so awesome. tune in. Yes, so check out NeedlessThingsSite.com uh, five days a week, Monday through Friday, for all the Needless Things Irregulars. But Tuesdays, every other Tuesday, Beth will have new awesome content for you guys. Thank you so much for coming on, and we will talk to you sooner than later. Thank you. Thank you. Two of my favorite people, uh, they, they were, they had to come on to help me out because I am, I am not a master of X-Files. Please, everybody listening to the show, go to iTunes and Stitcher to download the Needless Things podcast. While you're there, please rate the show. Five stars is great. Uh, we appreciate it. Share it around the internet. If you like it, spread the word. If you know some, if you are someone that has a thing happening or know someone that has a thing happening, send them our way. Phantomtroublemaker at gmail.com is the way to get in touch with me. Join the Needless Things Podcast Facebook group and interact with myself, all the Needless Things Irregulars, and the Needless Things listeners. Tell us what you want to hear. I'll do a show about anything except the movie It's Pat. Otherwise, anything is fair game. I'll talk about whatever. I don't even care. Uh, I did my little rant about the witch in the opening. Uh, I want to talk wrestling, but I can't yet because it's not WrestleMania time. And most of you guys probably don't want to hear about wrestling stuff. I'll just say 
that Shane McMahon versus Undertaker is exciting doesn't make any sense because now we want Shane to beat Undertaker, but nobody wants Undertaker to lose. So that's weird. They're going to have to play with that a little bit. Uh, Lesnar versus Ambrose, no holds barred. It's fantastic. That's as much wrestling talk as I'm going to do. Remember, JoeLanta.org. Go there and find out what's happening on March 12th and 13th. Mike Gordon is going to be on my panel on the 13th at 2. Uh, Rad Ranger is going to be on it. Martin Jalad, who's our guest next week, is going to be on it. It's going to be a great panel. Bring your own toys. Talk. Be part of the Needless Things podcast because I love you guys.